Okay, I recently went to the La Marzocco Innovation Gallery Tour in Oakland. La Marzocco's touring around with Mel Koenig and they're showing off several new things. They're showing off the Strata X, the Swan Grinder, which is an evolution of the S Grinder, and then Mel Koenig's showing off their E80 Grind by Sync, which is the grinder that talks to the espresso machine and essentially adjusts the grind itself. And that's what we spend most of this episode talking about. And Jared and I get into just kind of riffing on automation and different perspectives on automation in the specialty coffee industry. I think it's a really interesting topic because everyone kind of has their deal breaker where this is okay, but that's going too far. And the grinder feels like a really touchy subject for a lot of people because scales is kind of a hands-off thing. Um, even volumetrics were a little bit of a hands-off thing, but once you're kind of, you have this machine that's doing this, this motion, you know, we would physically grab the grinder collar or there's this touchy feely thing associated with adjusting a grind that I think is getting under a lot of baristas skin. So we just kind of dive in on that. And it's really, really interesting to think about what's going to happen in the future, what's going on now and what level of automation people are willing to accept and still see themselves as professionals, see themselves as baristas, see themselves as specialty. So super hot topic. We don't get all the way into it, but I think it's a really, really fun listen. So we're just going to cut right into it. Here is us ripping on automation and specifically the Malconig E80 grind by sync grinder. All right. What are we up to, bro? I don't know. I mean, we're, I mean, there's a million things we're up to. No, we really are. There's a thousand things to talk about. There's a thousand reasons to go about my way. Day. There's a thousand million reasons. There's <laughs> so many good songs about reasons. I don't even know where I'm at. I feel like I've been doing interviews in this room right there for like 20 hours. <laughs> it's not exactly the amount of hours, but you know, you're sitting in that room. You're having a nice conversation. I enjoy interviews. They're pretty fun. That was, that's been what I've been doing pretty much all week, <laughs> interviewing in, in specific little meetings. Here's, which, some, here's some softball stuff. Dude, softball It'd be easy to talk about since it's right before the holidays and there's okay, a million man. things going on. Softball us. I went to that La Marzocco Innovation Gallery no, jealous. tour. Yeah. Let me take some notes on that. Take some notes on this. Write this down. Yeah. I saw three new things. Got this down, Lee. Okay. First thing is the Strata X. Neat. Check that off. Second thing is the La Marzocco Swan Grinder. Yeah. Which we'll talk about that. And yeah, the yeah. The third thing is the Malconig E80W Grind by Sync, which is, that's the fucking one that I want to talk about. Yeah, I mean, tell me more, because so, I wasn't there. I missed it. So, have you seen this? It's the one... Seen concepts of it. So, and... it's a grind by weight grinder. It's basically the same as the E80W. Uh, right. So, it's, a, it's got a scale built in, mm -hmm. but it talks to your La Marzocco machine right. and it adjusts the grind by itself. Shot, yeah. So the barista dials in and you basically set parameters. So it's like you can, you set your mass out mm -hmm. and your time and you, you set your extraction time. Right. And then as, as you go, the grinder just reads what's happening in the machine. So the machine and the grinders share like a cloud or they yeah, interface totally. together with a cloud 
And they're like, the, it's coming in at this and it's coming out at that. So right. I'm going to make a change. It's like, oh, you wanted uh, 30 or 40 grams over 29 seconds. And now it's 26 seconds. So I'm, I am the grinder and little. I will make an adjustment for you. Yeah. Make and, an assessment. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny. The old Gregan. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. It's I'm just sure really, they showed it working in, in the place. They showed it working. And admittedly, it is the... The dude was pretty upfront that it has some some quirks still, and there's sure. still new products always do it out. And I'm just everyone has like a completely different take on it. You know, I posted okay. something on my Instagram, and some people are like this is the worst. Like it's taking the barista out of the equation. And oh yeah, there's those folk. Some people are saying this is perfect. I don't know. It's just it's just an interesting thing to riff about. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, when it, is the riff kind of in the context of automation and the barista? Or is the riff on? Because to me, I, I'm I remember distinctly getting pretty passionate in when I was speaking in Australia, in Sydney, because the concept of automation has kind of been talked about right in some capacity for a few years now. I guess five, we'll say five years. It's been working on and, and more, but like. There's the more and less automation. There's the automation that you see at like the X barista at the, which is only a robot arm, basically looks like this boom on the mic actually making coffee and it can pour latte art. And there's everything in between, right? And I remember being pretty passionate. And for me, the passionate portion is comes down to really mostly making sure that we keep humans and the human interaction in the equation and less so specifically, specifically to the tools and the things that may help you, you know, produce quality. And so, anyways, wh yeah, wh where, where, where are you finding the conversation going? My, I'm, I'm curious about a couple things. So I'm curious about, well, the one argument that I feel like I wanted to address is People are going to actually hang on. This is this is I, I have a quote and this is going to oh, work. Give go me get 30 the quote. Seconds. It's probably somewhere. Guys, gals, dolls, folks, them. He's out there. You can see it in the little camera if you follow along. But if you don't, he walked away and now he's back. Well, I think everybody knows uh, Keys to the Shop podcast. Sure, right, Chris DeFerio, Mister DeFer, living legend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm autumn leaf themselves he had some insightful things which sparked me to want to talk about was a, he there? a million different things no oh. i i had posted uh something i posted a reel to instagram oh yeah and love him he responded i'm just gonna read his response because it made me feel a lot of different things at the same time he says pretty handy but we will always need the barista to provide the parameters based on how that coffee tastes best especially given the variables of the coffee's age which I completely agree with. Uh -huh. um, he continues, every convenience is a tool that we should view as means to further engage versus disengage, which I also completely agree with. Um, and then he says, biggest fear is that we'll simply trust the machine and hear more baristas say should be good. And in doing so, unwittingly slide our standards to new but consistent lows. Yeah. That said, it is certainly cool tech. So mm -hmm. I think this this his comment kind of captures a lot of the things that people are thinking. And I can't, I don't know who the dude was who was doing the Malconic presentation, but he, he did address some of these things, which you don't pick up on from just the little snippet that I posted, but mm -hmm. the barista still dials in. Mm -hmm. So you, 
you have to dial in just like you would any other grinder. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with everything DeFerio said, actually, there. It's, it, the barista isn't... Um, they're not rendered useless based on their care and engagement, you know? Like, And he's probably right. It is a way for us to become lazier, and that's a big portion of the fear. And that would make sense. You know, you just come in and get, you'd, you don't, as the leader who passes on the information as technology is integrated more, doesn't pass on the care or the dedication or the understanding that, hey, this is really, really important, that you understand what is happening in terms of affecting the flavors and what is good and what is acceptable here. And if that doesn't happen, you're right. People come in and go, yeah, no, it's good. And here we are. Like the numbers say it all. We've we've said this since like the introduction of just a scale. Well, and that's where I want to push back on kind of a lot of people's argument at the same time, because yes, that, that is true. Like Chris is right. You are right. I agree with you. Where these, where these tools become valuable is like, nobody's fucking doing that anyway. Right. You know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. like, I actually think that if this grinder worked the way it was supposed to, and you put this setup in all of the third caf- third wave cafes that or I've been frequently, dude. that the the quality would actually go up, right? Because I I what I th- what I see is a huge variance in espresso quality. Mm-hmm. I don't get too many amazing espressos. Sure. Overall, True. on my coffee travels, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. And mm-hmm. I was talking to Colby a little bit about this, but we've said this before that, you know, being a barista is just a much more common job now than it ever has been right. in the past in, in the, in the specialty world where mm-hmm. it used to be, if you wanted to do this, it wasn't a popular job. There weren't a lot of places you would be really excited about what you're doing and you would seek out these places and you would go work for them and mm-hmm. you were really into coffee. And that's just not the case anymore. Yeah. There's just so many of them. And Colby used a really interesting term and, he was like, yeah, all these, every, most of the people in cafes now, they're, they're third wave natives. They're specialty natives. Like, mm-hmm. like how you'd have a digital native, like someone who's born with an iPhone and yeah. social media. It's Who to them, this is just coffee. Mm-hmm. This is just what coffee is. Like, mm-hmm. so, you know, take that however you want it. But I, I think that's really interesting because yeah, the, the problem is that people are already disengaged. Right. <laughs> and Putting this in could help make more consistency, but it doesn't solve the root core of the problem, sure. which is the engagement factor. How, how do we get people excited about the process of making espresso and get them in tune with their palates and get them in tune with the like amazing beverage that is in front of them? Yeah, it's funny because there's also like there's a lot of science and evidence that says most. Most people that get value from the work they do, right? They need to genuinely feel helpful and feel that they're helping people or helping a cause is one part. And then the other part is they need to actually feel challenged and that they're like doing something that challenges them and makes them grow. And so that's a weird impasse because I think we're kind of culturally looking to do the least amount of work, right? So that's, that's the thing <laughs> yeah. where that's where it maybe becomes a struggle because we're, we're not you're at a bit of an impasse where it's like, well, what we're supposed to do is make this all easier. And so like, I don't really have to do anything to make it good. And then at the same time, what we're saying that matters so much is the engagement in the process of learning how to do something amazing. Yeah. Right. And so there's a, there's a push pull there that, that in my mind, I think there still is a, a bypass, which is 
show people how awesome and difficult it is to develop their palate to really understand what amazing extraction tastes like for your business, for your, how you would like to do it, and show them that it's not as simple as pushing those buttons and letting it sit there. And that's not the whole picture, but then when I'm looking at trying to optimize a situation and can create a connection, which is what we do as a company, like that would be where I would, a place I would start. There's more to it. You absolutely dive deeper, yeah. but there's more to challenging the human being to utilize all of these tools and still be very intentional and creative and understanding of the product they're putting out. And I, I anyways, I, I see... I see that. Yeah. That is a little bit of an impasse and a struggle for sure. My my take on the whole thing, I think my overall assessment is we have a lot of different businesses with mm-hmm. a lot of different goals mm-hmm. and we're lumping them under one umbrella and they don't actually belong under the same umbrella. That's a good point. So if you rewound the clock to early third wave specialty, you know, early 2000s, it was really clear what a third wave coffee shop was. There was certain identifiers of this new and up and coming specialty coffee trend. Super clear. Fast forward now. And you have a lot of cafes that kind of look the same do some of the same things like latte art, grind to order, um, things that used to be like hallmarks of that cafe, but they actually have very different quality goals and they have very, they're just very different business models, but they all kind of look like Mm. the quote unquote generic third wave cafe. Uh And I, I don't think that they even... They look the same in the surface, but they're not. And I don't think they totally. belong in the same conversation. So I don't think that a grinder like this is going to be for everybody. But I think for people who want to make specialty coffee that's definitely better than the second wave 90s stuff, but they're actually not concerned with going all in and training baristas that you know, a lot of these automation tools are going to be great for them sure, because they're going to be able to help cut training time from their employees. They probably have more turnover, like mm-hmm. the, the road to pretty good. Right. And pretty good's already, you know, better than you know, what a lot of people were doing again in those second wave cafes. Mm-hmm. That's all they, that's all they need to be. Sure. They need to be pretty good. And if these tools can help them be pretty good and they don't have the plan to engage any further, like great automate freaking whatever you want you know totally because they're a lot of them are trying to do it the old school way like how we used to do it beginning Mm -hmm. third wave but without that intention and attention they're actually worse a lot of places are worse than they would be if they were going to automate more stuff yeah i mean for sure it takes so much more effort and intention to be good without the automation right so much more like right yeah and it's uh, it's impossible to even describe because at this point, probably 85% of our listeners, if not more, have never even experienced what, or seen what that's like. And if you're, if you're not deeply engaged in the process or if you're looking at specialty coffee as just like, oh, it's this fun thing to do. I have a cafe, but I'm not really all about it. Like, this is probably better for you. Yeah, man. It's interesting. Like, but let's not confuse. Sorry, I keep interrupting it's you. It's okay. But let's not confuse that with the same thing as what we do. No, I mean, that's, that's kind of where I'm thinking about shit. It's like you go back 
Well, there's a couple things on my mind because I'm. I wish I had an ability to, or, and maybe anybody out there, maybe you could send some info our way if you know this. But you know, Starbucks currently, like they have, they have to have similar technology for what they do, right? I mean, the shit we're looking at, I don't know how it works. I'm, I know that coffee's getting ground. It probably has to be super precise, knowing they're that big of an establishment. You've got those group heads and that whole espresso machine situation. You know, we'll watch it when we're over the hill. It's a really interesting thing, which is one part of what I'm thinking, but there's, a, there's another whole part, and that is, you know, like, we are in a place now where people can look at what everybody's doing, right, and try their best to copy it. And that's, that's kind of a normal thing in business. Like, you should, you should take concepts from other places and find ways to apply them to what you do and and do a your better version of the thing, right? And I think whether we like it or not, that's something that you, if you take it back to Starbucks, like Howard Schultz did. He went overseas, he saw the espresso culture going crazy, and he's like, you know what, I could do this espresso culture in a way that America would love it. And then he went and figured it out. Whether you like it or love it or hate it, there is, I mean, he was a huge pioneer for this espresso culture in America because he saw something, he copied it and improved upon it. And I think what's happening now is we're in that state where there's far few, fewer of people looking to improve upon versus just copy and implement to make easier. Well, I think the and key... The, you know what I'm saying? I, like, I hear what you're saying. And like, I agree with most of it. I think the one distinction where I'd take it a little bit different is that I don't know if he improved upon it. He just changed it. Well, if, yeah, but I would, and, I would call it improved upon in order to work with the people he's trying to reach. Sure. Not in, I, so I agree right. with you. Improved upon it based on um, uh, individual perception, probably yeah. not. Like, I would probably prefer the, the European style to his. Right, but right. He's, he's he trying, to, hit, he's trying to get into a certain market and he thinks this is the way to fit the market. Yeah, and he's like, oh, America's going to have a better version of coffee that's going to be a different version of that, and I know how to make it rain. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I totally get that. And I, and I think that's kind of where I'm at, too, to where it's like that specialty coffee, that espresso culture is not the same as Italian espresso mm -mm, culture. Not at all. And I think we have that kind of a different kind of... um cultural divide now there's a lot of little different cultural absolutely divides i mean it's weird man there's like more generic companies than ever before because of what you're saying it's like really easy to see what's happening right. you, you, you don't Copy even have to have it. a you don't even have to have a fucking brain anymore you're just like okay cool like this is cool this is a trend this is happening and i'm going to do that yeah right and then maybe it works maybe it doesn't it seems like the lifespan of most companies is pretty short pretty because short. when you start with that at your feet it's mm -hmm. like damn dude like right. you're not starting with love you're not starting with passion so like when the steam runs out you're not digging into the well of your soul mm -hmm. to figure it out you're just like no nah, man i thought this was just gonna be cool shit to do mm -hmm. and that's that's freaking different and weird mm -hmm. and <laughs> yeah it's weird <laughs> it, it's just really weird <laughs> it is I, yeah I, I mean for me when i hear the concept of a grinder like that. And it's probably, you know, for our company and where we're at in this moment, like it's not time to probably integrate something like that for a bit and whatever. But I could see the ability to curate an experience with, man, you know, I, I try to, it's impossible to compare, but when I, I get into these places where I'm like, oh, cool. Like the head chef of a place doesn't typically 
at, at some point, like work in that place all the time, yet it's still their restaurant and it's still their menu and it's still their quality and it's still replicated, right? And then sometimes, again, I'm, I'm assuming a little bit, but I'm assuming that most of the people who work in those places are on a career path and therefore it's easier to train, execute, and trust people to do a lot of technical shit, right? And then because of where specialty coffee is now, the majority of people who work in it and have always worked in it, with the exception of that small window where Third Wave was getting established, and I think a lot of people were trying to become career baristas, we're back to a place where, yeah, I guess what you're saying with Colby's, it's like Third Wave, what, Third Wave, what was the term? He called them Third Wave Natives, which right. I thought was pretty brilliant. Yeah. It, well, yeah, because I mean, what that really feels like to me, too, is it's like, okay, this is this is the other version of the Starbucks barista. It's the, I'm a barista at, and I do coffee and it's third wave style. Like it's not, it's not different here or there or there or here. Like I, this is just the style of coffee that I make. And if with that comes kind of a consistent, there's less, there's less of a need to engage on a super deep level. Cause a lot of these people maybe don't see a long-term future in it. Very few do. And well, so I think it's it changes just, the, the approach. I think you, know? you just don't in, instantaneously recognize it as something. It's not that you don't appreciate it. It's like you don't know how special it is because it's just your baseline frame of reference. Sure. You know what I mean? Right. It would be like if you like fast forward 20 years and everyone is driving Tesla's with 600 horsepower up to 1,000 horsepower. So when you're 17 years old and you get your first car, you jump into a car with like 800 horsepower. And you're like, this is how cars are. They have 800 horsepower. Right, exactly. And someone like us is like, no, cars have 160 horsepower and we drove like rust buckets and this thing is incredible. And they're like, yeah, but no, this is normal. Yeah, like, this fine. is just like our third car that my mom has. Right. Like, this is just what cars are. And you're, it's just like, oh, cool. Your frame of reference is just like totally like mm -hmm. cafes. Like what do they do? Like they, they have coffee that comes from a certain place. And I know the name of the farmer. Mm -hmm. We pour latte art. We pull each espresso to order. Like, you know, we brew individual cups of coffee, all things that aren't mind blowing to anyone in the industry today. But if you rewind into that like late 90s early 2000s these were things that we were fighting for tooth and nail it's like the first coffee sh i showed mark this at at uh um uh, meta and it was awesome because they have some grinders that are doserless and they yeah. have some grinders that have the, clack, the clack, clicky clackies yeah huge and fan i don't think he'd ever used a clicky clacky grinder oh, snap. and he's you know we hit struggling that. through this clicky clacky grinder and you know, if you've never seen a traditional doser, it's this big chamber and it's got a star in the bottom and you pull this lever and coffee falls out. And Oops I was like, do you know how this works? And do you know what this is for or like why it's designed like this? And he's like, no. And I'm like, so back in the day, you would turn the grinder on and fill up this whole chamber. Like this whole thing would be sitting full of ground coffee all day. And like when you baby. needed to make a shot, like two clicks for a double, yep. one click for a single. So like the coffee that you were making was maybe ground hours ago. Who knows? And you know, you'd put the single into a single basket, double into a double basket. And he's like, holy shit. Like I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, like, what? And oh, that was innovation at the time. And that wasn't that and it wasn't that long ago that there was a group of us who were saying, No, 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 no. We don't have to use the doser the way it's designed for. We can grind espresso to order to get Every time. really, really fresh coffee. And no, 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 no. 
We don't have to, you know, steam these big, huge bubbles. We can do this thing called microfoam and try to practice this mm -hmm. latte art. And if you poured latte art back then, people's jaws would literally drop because no one had ever seen it before. And That's you were lucky if you thing. lived somewhere near a cafe that actually poured that. So all these things that, and it's not like people are intentionally taking them for granted. They no, just no. don't they just really, they don't realize how new all of this stuff mm -hmm. is. And, I think it's just interesting. It's just really interesting framing. That totally. I mean, you get a grinder like we're talking about, and for, I mean, honestly, offhand, what that what it feels like would be one of the best places for a grinder like that might be the semi mom and pop shop. Like if if I was opening a shop and I really cared about the quality of the coffee, and I knew that. I would be able to dial it in, but I knew I had to take care of business. I'd take to did it, did it, and I wanted to make sure that I could come in, taste the coffee three times, four times a day, and help my team adjust to it and like allow them to taste what amazing is while consistently showing and curating that the coffee is coming out exactly how I wanted. Like that to me seems like an amazing tool for something like that to save me energy and time. And then there's a, probably a million other ways you could look at it as well in terms of a big company potentially where it's like, you have so many people that it's hard to consistently train and upgrade and keep a, keep a level there. And, and the quality threshold will, the quality will top out wherever your, wherever your company your quality tops out. Yeah, exactly. Right. So if we did put that on our bar right. we could, and it worked how it was supposed to work, yeah, we could get amazing results with it. It wouldn't take away from the artistry of what we're doing because we still physically have to dial in the coffee mm -hmm. you know we have to set the parameters we have to roast it we have to make sure it tastes the way it's supposed mm -hmm. to taste so even though it's adjusting the grind for you it's not setting a flavor profile for exactly you. it's not dialing you still have in to start for that. you mm -hmm. so you can only go as high as like your, your skill level will let yeah you, right and I, I, to me that is cool you it know? is cool. And automation's weird because right now we're at this place where it's like, what exactly is automation? And people are kind of figuring out where to draw the line mm -hmm. because there's some people commenting like, fuck this, this takes away from my art. And nobody thinks about, we used to think that initially about something like a scale. It's like, why would you use a scale? Like that's taking away from... Using a scale is taking away from what the barista is doing. I don't need to use a scale mm -hmm. because I intuitively know. And while it is cool to know, mm. it's pretty fun for me to be able to look at a shot oh, and I'm like, huge fan. That's 38 grams yeah. out. Oh, like, yeah. And then you double check it. it and it actually is 38 yeah. grams out. That's rad. I love that. That's fun. Um, but I don't think the scale is taking away from the artistry of anything. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it, dude, it's, it's fucking interesting. Yeah. What is it? What is it? I, I hear you. Because here's, here's goods and bads of scale in espresso. So good, if you have everything dialed in and mm -hmm. you're doing everything as you should be, you can get repeatable output that tastes generally delicious. Mm -hmm. Where the scale goes wrong is if you don't have everything dialed in, Let's say you know you're not putting, not paying attention to how much coffee's going in there. You're not getting a really even extraction. Maybe you've got channels for one reason or another. You could have two espressos that are both 40 grams out that taste completely different, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So the the where it goes bad is when people think that they don't have to pay attention. 
You still have to pay attention. You just have a little more freedom. Whereas back in the day, we were watching the whole shot basically like you know we're with every detail we're possible maneuvering around we're like okay what does it look like when it drops yep. all right it's doing this dripping behavior like is it, is it dripping is it right. flowing like how, how long tight? does it flow before is it wiggling a little bit yeah. when oh, does like, it wiggle? wiggled Seven a little too early in, i might have a channel in? but if it wiggles after like 20 i'm good like mm -hmm. you know what i mean and it's like how is the color changing is the color changing slow mm -hmm. steady and easy or is there's a big break between like really right. dark brown you got and something going and, on there yeah tan so you're kind of forced to see it and Dude, I don't know. Well, I, I mean, check out the other side. I honestly don't even know what I'm trying to say. I'm just kind of like riffing on All how right. things have changed. And it's like at some point people are going to be like, yeah, grinders just adjust themselves in the same way that we're like, yeah, we have scales in all the drip trays of our machines. Well, I mean, there's there's also you could you could kind of again, we're talking all of these things are about hyper precision, right? All of these new tools, right? Precision in a scale, precision in a grinder, precision in an input, precision in an output. And it's an, it's an evolution and a bit more of a focus on stuff that, for lack of a better term, had its own version of precision, right? Your clack, 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 if done the same way every single time, precisely dosed, it, dosed what it dosed with one click or precisely dosed with two clicks. The sure. fact that we can go further is cool, but it's an evolution on that, right? So you could be the same consistency assuming that your coffee is roasted the same exact way every time. And again, this is, I'm, I'm, you're going to easily be able to poke a little bit of holes, but at the same no, time, I like, I like say, this. This say is good. It's, it's roasted to this temperature every time. And it's about this dark every time in this exact amount of, like it's, a, it's always a 16 minute roast that finishes at 405. That is this Brazilian coffee that is, you know what I'm saying? So you've got a pretty significant, consistent thing there. Then you can get it to this thing, which is the doser, and then only so much can fit in a portafilter. So you could say, hey, as long as I can tamp it down, and I'd like to see, for instance, I'd like to actually see the little screw in the top of the espresso. Right. You've got a measurement there. Then you've got a timer that you always kind of had. But even if you didn't, you have these espresso cups that can still be the same, that still have lines on them that you could still hit the same every single time with your variables kind of being pretty controlled as long as you're technically tamping appropriately. You know what I'm saying? Like just to get that shot of coffee, you could argue and I would believe because I've been there. Yes. There's some tweaking in between that, but you could be pretty fucking consistent and put out an experience that tastes delicious doing that as well, if you wanted to. And I probably would enjoy it in the right place. And so, yeah, you know, I mean, it's not, as accurate but it's still in my opinion in the scheme of a lot of things like a pr it could be a pretty accurate system for the very most part especially if you taste what you're tasting and you're like that's how it's supposed to taste and right. you know like you've got these little windows that you can play with which is not it's 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 not all that different to me in the context of you know exactly what you know and you become a professional at knowing what you know in that world or you can become a professional in knowing the digital numbers and the little tiny windows that go with those numbers. And to me, they're kind of comparable, even though one of them you can't speak to as clearly and potentially like the whys behind it in the same way. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like you can still play the game and pr produce an amazing experience utilizing all that same shit. Yeah. I think what I'm, what I'm kind of picking up from what you're saying is, there, 
there are multiple ways to get to where you want to go. Yeah. And where you want to go or how high you want to go or how deep you get into it is more about you and your coffee culture than it is the tools available. So if, so. You, if you have a culture that is just kind of lackadaisical, you're not super engaged with what you're doing, maybe you can get a little bit more consistency out of an automated grinder. Yeah. But it's not going to give you great espresso if you're not paying attention and trying to make great espresso. And I think that's Much. part of what, what Chris is saying. And there's a big danger in like thinking that it'll solve all your problems when you really have a deeper problem. Because yeah. no matter how much, and again, I'm not like anti-automation or for automation, depending on the, depending on what I'm looking for at the moment. Mm -hmm. So what we do at Cat and Cloud, I have a different perspective on than what I would do at home with mm -hmm. my espresso machine. Like when I make espresso for me, I'm a process guy. Yeah. I just want to be in that process. So for me, it's fun to do a lot of it manually and watch the extraction and go by feel and not have to stick to a recipe and say, like, ooh, I'm going to try this out and maybe mm -hmm. I'm going to pull this a little shorter or longer today just because there's something in my gut telling me like this is, this is, what I this need is to looking do today. a certain way and yeah. this is going to be good. And that's, you know, that's not what we're doing in the cafe for mm -hmm. the most part. When you have something like the answer, it's consistently roasted. It's got a pretty consistent recipe, good window. And your, your promise is different. Mm -hmm. I'm just exploring. Yeah, right? no, in, totally. in the cafe, we have a promise. Um, that, was, that, was a, that was a mini tangent. But, you know, there's different ways to approach different things. But it's, I, so I'm not, oh, yeah, what I was saying was I'm not anti or pro automation. I just think we need to be clear that... Making delicious things mm. is more than just knowing the numbers and having the tools. Because if you gave me a fucking recipe book, a cookbook mm -hmm. from a great chef, and I'm new, okay, here's all the ingredients. Here's all the bake times. Here's all the oven temperatures. Like If you gave that same recipe to me and you and told us to make those things, yours is going to be better than mine. Because you spend more time in the kitchen, you just cook more than I do, and there's something about that that matters. You know what I mean? There's because so you don't follow the recipe exactly. It's like Severus Snape, the Half Blood Prince, in his little book with like, Harry when they're trying to make it, the things. Yeah, he's it. like, and it's like all these little caveats to the actual recipe. And Hermione, the perfect student, is like, "This is fucking not this working. This is not how it works." And Harry's like, "Yeah, smash the thing. Don't cut it." And says, "It says it cut says, it." Yeah, it and you know what I'm saying? And it's like cut. that's what you learn but when you engage. If, like even all things considered, like even if we, even if there, yeah, there's some sort of intangible thing that happens right. when you're in tune with what you're doing. Right, like. And so that's the, th and the I, shit's all living and breathing. Right. Exactly. Whether it's automated or not. And, and that's think, where you are the human. That's you're yeah. the living, breathing thing. So is the thing you're interacting with. Even the machinery in its own way is living and breathing because it can adjust. So if you don't understand right. and engage and care about the quality of how all this stuff works together, exactly. you will get what you give. Yeah, because automation is great, but we can't automate our passion for something. We can't automate our curiosity for something. Yeah. And that's where all the beautiful things happen when someone's engaging with that passion, when they're engaging with that curiosity, when they're so driven to say, I have to figure this out because mm -hmm. I love it so much and I know that there's something special in here. And that's how exactly. I fell in love with espresso. That's yes. how you fell in love with Fuck espresso. Yeah. And that's that, I think, is the pathway to greatness.
Hey everyone, that's the podcast for the week. Thanks so much for listening. If you heard something that inspired you, let us know or tell a friend. These are the types of connections that are the most important to us and that we seek to create every day. If there's something you heard and you want to know more about, send us an email to podcast at catandcloud.com or head to our website, catandcloud.com slash podcast and let us know. While you're on our site, check out everything we have to offer. Dive deep into one of our single origin coffees or pick up a little treat for yourself. We have something for everyone, so check it out. Also, find us in the usual places, YouTube, Instagram. We're always there sharing amazing things. All right, that's it. Thanks, everyone, for being awesome. We'll be back next week.